My dude, I loved today's interview with Greg Denning. Dude is a ninja coach, speaker, uh, just an incredible human being, lives an epic life as he likes to talk about the epic life and so true. And, and I loved, absolutely loved, you have to listen how to turn decades into days and the yeah. power of coaching. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's, he's all about to create an extraordinary lives, you know, creating extraordinary marriages, extraordinary relationships, and just the intentionality behind it all is amazing. Um, and, uh, I love the part about, uh, the philosophy journal. I've actually immediately put that into action. So if you want to learn about the philosophy uh, behind that, check it out, go listen. Great episode. Do it. Tons of value ad. You're going to enjoy this show. See you. You're listening to filling the storehouse podcast. I'm David and I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Okay, so before we hit record, Greg was talking about like something about like marketing How handsome and you handsome are, the, the pilot would use you yeah, and something a, like that aircraft yeah that's, that's something you, something like you, that they were very strategic about that movement yeah like, yeah of course that brings in recruits just like david them, them and then you. david's the guy who's like in the in the dungeon basement uh <laughs> that like requires you know 42 id cards to get in because it's super top secret and like hey, in this little hole and like, they never like, let him here, out here's, like, here's the deal you know, like the one light here's, shining here's, like swinging like down in the dungeon that's that's where david <laughs> yeah, used to work exactly. yeah <laughs> here's the deal Stu. Yeah. uh you know the navy recognized too much of a good thing uh-huh. also could bring too many numbers a lot of paperwork a lot of applications oh, so they also true. wanted to they keep some keep of the, us out of they the gotta keep a, yeah they mm-hmm. don't want to like overwhelming jealousy they gotta hide a little bit of it no no because then you know retention and numbers and just drama it's goes up way too much drama so there really, really... oh totally get it <laughs> yeah. totally get it oh. greg uh dude it's glad i'm glad to have you on the show man um we uh connected very briefly i know david talked to you a little bit more than i did but uh, we both spoke um at the life and air summit uh, the life and air is a group that david and i are involved in and you came and uh, were a keynote speaker and, and did just an amazing job man we really took a lot away from it um, and, and you motivated us to, to just get better in, in life and, and being better husbands and better dads and, and, and better leaders and, and healthier. Like, you, man, it was awesome. And so we're really pumped to have you on today. Um, but for our audience, could you just give a little bit of background? Uh, give, us our, give us your story, like who you yeah. are, where you came from, and, and, and what you're doing. Yeah, man. I, so I, what, what, I, I kind of call it an advantage now, right? It was, it's where you turn your disadvantages into advantages. And so yeah. the advantage I have now is that started out rough, man. Life was hard. My, my parents divorced, stepdads came and went, uh, we're up to the number six now and they came and went and, and I just didn't really have a, a good manly, uh, fatherly figure in my life and a good example of manhood. So I ended up, I just, I chose to leave home at 16. I'm like, now I'm going to go figure this out. This is, this is, I'm done. And, and of course, those are hard years. This is just tough. And those, they were challenging, but they forced me into this spot. Because now I say where there's pain, there's power. And that pain of being lonely on, on Christmas Eve all by myself, right? Just sitting there in a, in a bad part of town, like this sucks. And it gave me purpose, right? So that pain drove me to purpose. And I'm like, I'm going to figure out 
first of all, I was still questioning. I'm like, is, is it even possible to be really happy and successful? And man, if it is, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And of course I realized early on, I'm like, nothing will get better in my life until I get better. But on the reverse side of that, like as I get better, as you and I get better, it just has this cascade effect that everything else in life starts to get better. So it just became this driving passion for me to, to dive in and explore everything I could get my hands on um, for, especially for manliness. Cause I wanted to be a, a great man, a great husband, a great father, a great businessman. And so I started reading voraciously. I still average a book a week, right? Still pounding the book, That's still awesome, learning, man. still interviewing people. And so met my wife and we've been married for 22 years. We have seven kids wow. and kind of our family dream. We love doing life on our terms, right? So I work from home, wherever that is in the world. We travel like crazy. We love having epic experiences. So, so that's just, that's kind of the basic rundown. Like I started out hard and it gave me that conviction. Like, you know, what? I want to squeeze the juice out of life. I want to really live while I'm here. Hey, and I'm curious, so it, and it sounds amazing, right? It sounds like I want to do some self-improvement, get better. My life will get better. But man, this was a journey, right? Like this was... This was not an overnight success. This took years. And I'm curious, what was the, like, what is a practical process that you went through to, to really get, cause you know, it, you told us your uh, more fully your story at the, at the uh, retreat when you were the keynote speaker. And it was, I mean, I was blown away because if on, on paper, you were, life was not going to be good yeah, on paper. Exactly. You were not set up for not success. I was not in a like, good direction, Oh, man. dude. Yeah. You were like, you were, you were definitely, uh, on the path to be a statistic, Yep. but now like, I mean, you literally, and you kind of touched it a little bit, but do your life is abundant. Like what you guys do when you say live epically, I mean, give us a taste of that. I'd, I'd love for our audience just to hear like kind of a taste of that, but also like, how do you practically, you know, what is some practical advice to to get to that next level because yeah. it's not, I mean, it is, it's a huge difference from where you came from. Right. And, and, and where and I, so if I could do life over, dude, your questions are spot on and so powerful. And, and right out the gates, if I could do life over the one thing that turns months into moments is a mentor. It's a coach. And I didn't have that. Like I had to learn things the hard way. I was, I was reading books and like, oh, that's good. But then I'm, I'm like experimentation and trial and error took me years of that grind you're talking about. I'm like, man, if only I'd had more mentors, more coaches, more models, even if I had someone near me. And, and for a few years, all I got was this tiny glimpse. It's like, oh, that, that gentleman, he seems like he's got it dialed in. Like, what's he doing differently? Where, where is he at? And, and, and of course, we didn't have, back then, we didn't have uh, the YouTube channels and the podcasts like we do now. We didn't, we didn't have accessibility to, to the mentors and the models. Or I'm sure I could have taken decades and turned them into days. Because if you find a really great coach and a mentor, they've, they're taking decades of life experience and turning it into something that you and I can consume in days. Just, just off the charts. So rad. And so there, there was a challenge there of trial and error and struggle and difficulty. And now we can, um, this, is what I, this is what I tell my clients, right? You can, you can quite literally collapse a time frame. So instead of it taking you years, we, we can, with the right ideas and the right tools and the right tactics, 
I can work with a client. You guys do too, right? This is what you're doing. And you take your client and you collapse time. So if you're like, hey, you, you can do this on your own, bro. Go for it. But it's going to take a while. You want to collapse time? Work with a great coach, someone who has the experience, who has, has the knowledge. You'll collapse it. You'll take what would take the next 12 months. Why can't you do it in the next three? I had a coaching session with a client this morning and his business, he has a huge business and it's like, it, it's on the edge of, of trouble, which happens to all of us if you own a business. Right. And I'm like, let's go, bro. I'm like, you got, we got, you know, the rest of this year. And I love the end of the year. Cause it's like a, it's, it's a race to the finish line. Like what can you do in the next 12 weeks to totally transform what's happening? And I've done that. I've helped men do that with like, losing 50, 60 pounds of extra weight or transforming a marriage or a relationship with a kid. And, and so I, I don't know, but my answer is, yeah, those were long, slow years and they were a tough grind. And some of that's just that way. But man, with, with the right leverage to me, like the right book, the right mentor, the right coach, the right program, the right masterclass or mastermind is that leverage tool. And you're like, oh man, I can move this way faster and way farther in much shorter time. But um, yeah, I love get, that for a little teaser here. I'll throw a little teaser for the, the life we're living this. We've been stoked about this. So we asked our kids where they wanted to spend Christmas and they said Norway. So we're going to spend the whole month of December in Norway. And then my daughter who's 15, she's our probably our most adventurous child. Um, and our kids are ranged from age 20 down to age five. And she was like, I just want to hit a whole bunch of countries by train. And I was like, let's do it. So we're going to take trains uh, for the next eight weeks after that. We're going to take trains all through Scandinavia, all through Eastern Europe, and then all the way across Western Europe, and then go set up a, a home base in Portugal. So we'll hit we'll hit like 16, 17 countries. Uh, we're a three month kind of wandering and just as a family, just go do this, just have an awesome, awesome adventure together. There's a little, little, that's, that's how we roll. And I know it's crazy. It's not for everybody, but I'm like, for us, <laughs> that's you, awesome, you describe man. that and our family's like, when do we I go? I love that. I love that. Yeah. And it's so cool, man. I, I'm curious back to kind of your, your, your mentor, your coach, um, kind of idea and, 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 recommendations. You know, a lot of people, you'll talk to a lot of people like, yeah, I have tons of mentors. I have ton, tons of coaches. I listen to podcasts and I read books. And I would say, yeah, that's good. But comma, however, um, you have to actually take action on what's yeah. what you're reading, what you're listening to, what you're hearing about. Um, and sometimes you actually need someone like poking on you, right? Like, Hey dude, did you do it? Did you do it? How about doing it this way? Hey, I learned this problem this way because I failed. How about doing it this way instead? Maybe this book isn't the right way for you. And so I'm curious, have you seen that? Like, have you seen like with some of your clients where like just that, like you like digging in, holding them accountable, pouring in, you know, actually face-to-face -face conversations, like got them over that next hump um, to, to get to where they're at. Every time we meet brother, you're spot yeah. on in, in some elements. Um, in fact, in most, that sense of accountability of knowing that, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to talk to you face-to-face -face next week, and you have to tell me to my face if you didn't do what you said you were going to do. And that is powerhouse. <laughs> it's just for all of us. You're like, oh, man. Especially because you get in there and you're like, okay, hey, what, what works? And we kind of you know brainstorm together and strategize. And you're like, okay, this is going to make a difference. 
this will move the needle in your favor. Now, how are you going to do that? And we come up with a plan. It, it's actionable. It's reasonable. It's doable. And you're like, okay, do you commit to this? Yeah. All right. I'm following up with you. And you're following up with me. Like, we're going to make this happen. So you're spot on. Having, and because and, like how many of us know what to do, but don't do it? I mean, right. that's probably the most common problem of humanity. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm supposed to eat better and exercise and, and take my wife out and do all these things. But man, getting to it's the... The, why, the so easy. why do you think that is? Why, why do you think that we know what to do, but we don't? I mean, and there, there's a lot of different reasons. Ultimately, I think at the end of the day, it's a lack of like deep commitment. I think we use the commitment, the word commitment a little too lightly. Yeah. And we throw it around like, yeah, I'll commit to do that. Or I commit to this. I'm like, no, man when you really commit to something, you're putting your integrity on the line. Mm. And it, it, so we only commit to a few things because you're like, it doesn't matter what happens. If I commit to something that it's going down, right? Yeah, It's going to happen. And I think we, we think a lot about it. We even talk about it. I, you and I both know people who for the last two decades have been talking about things they're going to do. Mm. And what really separates us out is, is the very few who do it. I think it was Success Magazine did this, uh, did some research, and they found that only 1.7% of people are actively working to improve their lives, which means that 98.3% of people are talking about it, thinking about it, you know, planning for it. I'm going to get to it, but they don't. And so at the end of the day, you're just like, look, if this really truly matters to me, I have to take massive action on it now and consistently. That's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, and I think you you hit on it too, and and it's the power, not only the power of uh, important questions, but it's the, you know, we live in in a, a day and age where the data is ubiquitous. Whatever whatever topic you want to look at, sorry, Stu, ubiquitous means like. You know, there's a lot of it. It's it's ever present. Yeah, it's I was actually going to have to go look that up. And so, uh, thanks, man. yeah, appreciate uh, it. I just wanted it, to save you a couple of it's moments. It's actually overwhelming how much there overwhelming. is. Overwhelming. Yeah, we're being flooded, inundated with with data. Yeah, and and you see a level of inaction, and I think a lot of the inaction is driven by overwhelm mm -hmm. because people have so much, and really, when you boil the most important things down, the answers are things like you know, very simple, but, but hard to execute. So like time, okay. How do I make my relationships better? Oh man, you could read the 15 books on child raising and this and that and the other. No, well, how about this time? Just be present. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I want my marriage to be better. And there's 10 million pages of, of marriage advice out there. How about just time? It's simple. How do I lose weight? We all know that the equations, right? But, but I find it, intriguing that, you know, and the, you know, the, the mastermind that we're in or the coaching that you have or whatever, the presence of people asking hard questions puts you in a state of discomfort that forces, at least for me, it is driving action because I cannot come back the next week and be like, yeah, dudes, I didn't do anything with that because they're pouring in and they care. And it's so frustrating. And so I'm, I'm curious as a coach, Dude, you are like next level, right? Because you're so intentional with the travel. Hey, kids, where do you want to go for Christmas? We're going to take eight weeks and do all these amazing things. But do you believe, one, do you believe anybody can do that? 
And, and two, I imagine as a coach, it's gotta be like, like, is it frustrating for you? Do you, have you fired clients? Like, you know, this inaction, like how, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Good. Um, I, to, to answer the first question, can anybody do it? That was, that was the first element of my own personal transformation because for the longest time I believed wholeheartedly that I couldn't like oh, other people can do this. Do they're lucky. Oh, they, they've got all this stuff. And gosh, lucky. And I genuinely, I just, I slunked into this rut of like, I'll always be poor, I'll always be broke, I'll always be insecure and shy. Like, this is just my lot. Somehow I'm faded. And, and somewhere along that way, it was, it, I don't know when or why or how, but it just flipped. It's like, wait a minute, if somebody else can do it, then why can't I? That simple question changed everything. Like, wait, if, if it can be done, then I can do it too. There's just, there's a formula, there's a recipe. I got to figure something out. And so, you know, can everybody do it? I don't know. I met a lot of people. So you guys, I was in Cuba last week. I went down there to help with um, the hurricane recovery. And fellas, to see communism in real time and to see the devastation and the poverty, like it changed me. I've been a lot of places. I've seen a lot of things that changed me. And it's, it's a whole paradigm shift of, of reality. I mean, there's so much we could go into there, but, but when you, when you just sit down and say, yeah, yeah, you can do this. And, and I think, I think for the most part, the greatest limiting factor I've seen across five continents where I've been able to help people is our own limiting beliefs in ourselves. That when it comes down to it, you don't actually believe in yourself. And I found that this predominantly for two reasons, which fits right with what we're talking about. Trust is built on character and competence. And character is like, you're a good person, you're going to do what you say. And the competence is you have the skills to do it, right? So if I say I'm going to do something to myself, even if I'm like, look, I'm getting up tomorrow and then I hit the snooze button, like the very first action of the day is to break a commitment to myself that I made. Yeah, you've already and failed. And the more often, I'll say that again. Yeah, you've already failed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, right off the gates. My first action today is failure. Yeah. And like under undermining myself. And so subconsciously, you, you just pick up on it. You're just like, no, you don't actually do what you say. So now one, you've broken character. And then if you do things halfway, you, you just, you, you do this crap job and you don't really show up, then you're undermining your own competence. Because like, well, I don't, I don't often do what I say. And then if I do it, I don't do it very well. So now I don't even believe myself. And then other people don't believe me. And, and then in a, you know, subconsciously, I don't believe them either because I think, oh, they're probably like me. And so here I'm in this, I'm stuck in this, this hole of, of not believing that I can do it. And if we switch that with action and, and internal dialogue, you change, it's called your endophagia, right? The self-talk. If you'll switch that around, man, then, then you can really start getting things done. You say, yeah, yeah, everyone can do this and I can do this, right? And make it happen. So good, and then man. remind me of the second question. First question was, can anyone do it? Second question was, uh, the second question was, how do you, uh, have you fired clients before? Oh, because yeah, of the they're not like, how, have you, you know, how, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Um, so no, I haven't fired any clients. Um, I have a good filtering system, uh, coming in. They, they know, they know what to expect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's often funny. It's funny right. how many times people are like, dude, I'm really nervous to reach out to you because, um, <laughs> but I need help. Uh, like they, they get to this point, like, Ugh, cause they know like, we're, I'm, I'm going to be kind about it, but I'm going to like, Hey, no man, 
what are you doing? You know that you know, and it's not this. It's not what I want. It's not what anyone else is want. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is not you at your best self. This is below you, and you know that. Let's go. And yeah. when you face, no, that I love man, that. Oh. And you, I think, so you don't have to fire because you have, and and I think what I was, you know, my mind was going with this as well is is there's a your time and your effort are so valuable to surround yourself by people who share. They may not be where you're at and they may not be actually more importantly, they may not be where they're destined to be where their potential can take them. But, but understanding the, the um, understanding the, the, the barrier to entry, understanding the standards and the expectations I think is a huge way in that filter. And we should all be applying more of that. Not that you don't give of yourself and and willingly serve others, but when you're circle and you're surrounding yourself by, whether it's intentionally analogy through the business or whatever, um, that bar needs to be high And, and it has to be intentional. And you have to ask yourself, is this making me better or is it not? And then you have to address that in an honest way, I think. And so I, I love how you, because I think that's a big part of that jet fuel, right? When you talk about decades to days, I think a big part of that is, man, if you're surrounding yourself by a bunch of decade thinkers, then it's going to take decades. Yeah. If you're surrounded by yourself by a bunch of day thinkers, then you're going to start getting after it. Yeah, you're going to move. And and honestly, that comes back. I think what you're saying there is, is so critical because it all comes back to a a self-selected standard. And, and most of us have subpar, even mediocre results in our lives simply because we tolerate them. Like we get what we tolerate and, and we don't, we don't usually see it as standards, even that we kind of use that word differently, but I'm, I love to tell people, I'm like, no, this is a standard. This is my standard. It's, it's not coming from uh, community. It's not coming from social expectations. It's not even coming from, from a church or, or from a book or something like I have to make it mine. Even if it comes from the Bible, even if it comes from a great leader or mentor, that's still theirs until I own it and make it mine. And then when I raise my standards, I'm like, no, this is just unacceptable of me. I won't tolerate any of these things, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, financial, like, no, I, I won't live below that. Those are my standards. It's incredible. Like you just raise your whole life to, to another level and then the results follow. Yeah, dude, for sure. So, so David and I, we just finished up our, our 20 year military career and we had started some real estate businesses on the side and we were kind of going down this path of of building out these, these, these real estate, we were flipping houses and basically creating jobs for ourselves. You know, we had a job, we were creating another job for ourselves. And, and we kind of had this epiphany moment where we were like, what are, what are we doing? And what's, what's this all for? And it kind of reminds me of, of one of your stories that you kind of hit on, on, in your speech, um, about the car accident in, in your child. Um, and, we had some, you know, mentors, conversations with people and, and going back to like, what, what's most important in our lives right now. Yeah. And something you said, you said extraordinary marriages don't happen by accident. Yeah. Extraordinary relations don't happen by accident. And, and that story about your, your daughter in the car accident really hit hard uh, with me. And if you could, man, let, can we talk about that a little bit? Let's, let's talk Absolutely. about like, you know, how you, how you put what's most important first, but still like 
do all the things you're doing, right? Business and travel and life and all this stuff, but, but you're still so hyper-focused on extraordinary marriages and being an extraordinary dad. Like how, how does, how does it all kind of fit together? Yeah. Um, we, I was actually talking about with my kids here this morning in my office, I was talking about that accident again, because it happened this month. It was this month, what, 12 years ago, I think. And uh, just short version of it, we were driving in a little remote area of Alaska, and this teenager was just hot rod in his car, never even hit the brakes, never even slowed down, just slammed into us. And I went, you know, I'd been an EMT, so I went into EMT mode. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump out of the driver's side, run around to the sliding door of my van, and start checking my kids. Threw open my door, and just to my total horror, as a father, my little three year old daughter was laying in the weeds across the ditch, and she'd been ejected from the car. Right. And, and snapped her femur in half. And just, it was, we call it our horrible night of miracles, right? It was just so bad, but it could have been so much worse. And, and even, even this morning, I mean, she was sitting right here in front of my desk this morning, we were talking, I can't get mad at that girl. I just, it's impossible. You can't be upset with her. And luckily I don't have to, she's just this angel child. Yeah, it's awesome. But, Whenever I think about that, when, when you come that close to losing a child, it changes everything. My little brother committed suicide last year because um, of our rough upbringing. He got into drugs. He had a drug addiction for a long time. He ended up, he took his life. It was so, things got so dark and so sad. He took his life last year. Man, I miss him. It was his oh, birthday two weeks ago. And I miss him. And I just sat here a couple weeks ago on his birthday, just, just, crying again you know and and hurting for him and it's those reminders and we all have reminders like that but it's remembering them and then letting the the memory and the lesson drive our decisions that's the key that's the key element right there we have to let the lesson drive our decisions i could have walked away man good thing well my, my kids all made it we're all good okay let's go and just forgot about it and got on with my life yeah like, no, 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 no. We have to live every moment deliberately. I have to make sure I'm doing things in the best way. Right? It's it, it's the right thing policy. You guys have all heard about the right thing policy. Like, no matter the cost, you just do the right thing. Well, what's the right thing? And for me, and again, like I said at the very beginning, I had the advantage of living on my own at 16 of being, you know, of all the things I suffered, fellas, of of the the hunger, the fear, and the desperation, depression, and all of that, the worst, hands down, the worst was loneliness. Loneliness is horrible. I mean, it's brutal. And you can be surrounded by people and completely alone, right? Yeah. It's, and, and it's so a big that, issue today. It's, yeah, yeah. It's huge. You're right. It's yeah. still today. And so instead of sitting there like, this sucks, it's terrible, it's horrible, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do about it? And I think I think this is where I, you know, if I have a superpower, it's this thing. I'm like, no, no, wait, I don't, I don't ever want to be lonely again. Well, what does that mean? Okay, I've got to have a world-class marriage and phenomenal relationships with my kids. And I have to be leading out in such a way that my kids want to be around me. They want to hear from me. They actually want to be influenced by me. Where, where most guys lo- start losing influence with their kids and their teens or young adults. I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep increasing my influence. I'm leading the way. And one of you mentioned time early on, and I, I wanted to share this. Like, well, I lay out my calendar and I make sure I go on a date with my wife every month and an overnighter, 
no, I'm sorry, a date every week, yeah, overnight or every month, and then a, a two or three day trip every quarter, and then we take a ten to fourteen day trip, just the two of us, to some epic place around the world every year. It's awesome. And you might be listening and think, well, wow, geez, how do you do that? How do you pull that up? You're lucky. I'm like, no, it's not luck. He's just like, this is a priority. How am I going to make this happen? My wife and I take our kids on dates every week. We, we rotate. Every kid gets a date. And then we take them on cool adventures. So right after I met you guys, I took an overnight flight to Maine, met my boys up there. We had this awesome, like epic out in the woods, manly father-son adventure. It was so cool. And then- you know, I, I, I train with him. I play volleyball with my daughter because she loves that right now. And I build things with my son. He's, he's a hands-on kind of guy. And then, you know, you, you're intentional about really connecting, not, not the superficial stuff, not checking the boxes, really, really connecting. And it's as simple as like spending some time writing it down. It's like, Hey, what does world-class look like? Oh, okay, let me here, let me share this framework. I just did a podcast on this because it's such a simple framework. You take a piece of paper, you, you break it into three columns. Left-hand column is failure. Middle column is mediocrity. And right-hand column is excellence. And you take literally take any aspect of your life and plug it in there. So marriage, what does failure look like? Well, it's, it's a horrible, ugly, painful divorce. What does mediocrity look like? Eh, you're like roommates. You exist, but... Sex is weak or rare. It's all transactional. You talk about the bills and taking care of this and running errands and you're doing house together, but you're roommates. And what does excellence look like? Whoa, man, we're best friends. There's spark and romance. We still make out all the time. We love our dates, have sex all the time. Like love going on adventures. We're just excited to be together. Well, you write that out and it's so easy to see. And then you're like, okay, how do I make that happen? And, and again, just to take that simple framework and do it every part of your life and then just take action on it starting right now. That's great, dude. dude. I love that, man. Yeah, I love that. It, it's, uh, you know, I, and you, you talk about the framework and it, it can be, I think there's so many different ways that we can make this magic happen, right? Like you can, um, it, it can be a, just a list. Like we talked about this yesterday and and it's so challenging and, and I love it. But this, in this group, we're like, okay, guys, what's your role as a father and what's your role as a husband? We're saying these two things. We'll start at these two things. Father and husband are, are like the most important in the house for, for us in our roles. All right. So have you ever written out in words what those roles are? No, I never have. Like I was, I was leading this discussion not leading it. I was facilitating and offering uh, a challenge, but then I'm like, dude, I have never literally just taken the simple step. And I, I love to write. I've never just written the words down and taken the process of thinking through what these words, like looking them up in the dictionary, putting in a definition, going to the next level. I want to tie this to a, a verse in the Bible. And how does this hit all of the emotional, uh, physical, spiritual elements of who I am to build that connection, that line, that passion. And then I execute it. Right. And I read it every morning. And before I get in an argument with my wife or a sensitive conversation, I read, what are my roles as a husband? Oh man, this is going to be challenging in this upcoming conversation. And I was thinking about, I'm getting emotional now because of what, what also drove it is my role as a coach coaching my boys um, football team. And I realized that my roles that I have not written out yet. This is a conversation yesterday. 
But I need to write those out because I need to be that coach, that man, that influence for these boys. Because right now I'm just like potentially a grumpy dude that has some poor body language because we're not winning a, a flag football game at, for a bunch of nine-year-olds. But the opportunity that exists is to be so intentional that these words, these roles define who I am and drive all the interactions with these kids, with my wife, with my kids. And so I would encourage, you know, if you're listening, I would encourage you to take the priority things and just do something on paper, just do something because it could be the thing that is a catalyst that propels you to a different level. And I'm saying this from a position of, I need to do this as well because I want Epic. Like I feel not an unhealthy jealousy for what you do, but I, I feel it's not a jealousy for what you do, Greg. It's a jealousy for the intentionality with which you do it Yeah. because you're Greg and I'm David and Stu is a knucklehead, right? So we all have different levels of what we desire. And I don't want what Greg does. I mean, a lot of it I do, but it's not because Greg, it's because the intentionality to do it. Yep. That's what I love about it. It's defining your unique dream uh, for for you as an individual, then with your wife and then with your children, it's getting crystal clear about that dream and then executing it. And what what you're saying there is what what I also have observed so much is like so many of us, our challenge is we lack clarity. It, we're, we haven't yet gone through the writing exercise or even the mental exercise of what does that exactly mean? Like, what is I really, really want? Who do I want to be? How do I want to treat other people? What are the principles and practices that govern my life? Right. And if we're not clear about those three things, we're, we're floundering around and you're kind of drifting, driven about by the winds and the waves of life. And and you're irritable and you're frustrated and you're procrastinating and you're wondering why it's not working. I love your example. You're, you're sitting there, you know, the kids are losing and they're kids and you're like, they're losing. And you're like, ah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we, we might even make a situation worse by not being intentional about, wait a minute, I'm going to think through this ahead of time. If these awesome little kids lose a game, what's the best thing I can be for them? And then you write that down and you lean into it. Right. Cause you're so intentional about, okay, give me the worst case scenario. Like things, everything's falling apart. It's all going down. Like everything's, you know, people are getting negative and pessimistic and sad and discouraged. Who do I want to be in that moment? That's leadership. And you've written it down and you're clear about it. Right. And when you see it too, right. You, you, you see what that looks like when yeah. someone is, you may not, go through the mind, you may not go through the process of, oh, this guy is very intentional and he must be, you know, no, like my language is, and, and I, there's an example for my son's soccer coach. I'm like, he loves the kids. Like that's what pops in my head is he just loves these kids. He's, he's arguing with dads. Like he was arguing, not arguing. It was friendly, but he was explaining to me why my son was being lazy and not doing sprints as I thought he should with the rest of his team. But he took a different approach and was like, Hey dude, your son's kind of tired. You know, school is rough today. And he's so empathetic and so loving. And I'm like, you're arguing with me. Uh, You're out loving my son right now. And I'm his dad. Like that's my role. And, and, but, but you see it, right. You see, and you don't necessarily put words to it, but you feel it. 
mm-hmm. and you're inspired by it and you want to follow it. So true. So true. If, if I could, I want to, I want to really emphasize, cause I don't think we can emphasize enough what you were saying earlier about writing that down and getting clear about who you want to be and how you want to operate. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, I had an advantage because at 16, I started a list of, of the qualities I wanted in my wife and the attributes I wanted in our marriage. Um, and I kept that with me until I met my wife and I added to it. When I saw things I just didn't want, I wrote a bunch of that. And when I saw things I did, I wrote that down too. And and ultimately I realized that list was a list for me of how to become a better person, right? <laughs> like here's this perfect wife. I'm like, oh man, this list I just made for her is my list of like to-dos who I better become. But having the list made all the difference. And what you're saying is, is right there. I, I did this little practice. I'll share this. Maybe it'll be helpful for somebody. Um, I would... I would go through and maybe you guys have experienced this as well. It's like I would read something or, or I notice somebody like that, right? The coach, dude, the coach is so loving and so understanding these kids. I want to be more like that. And you'd work on it for a few days, but then you forget. And then maybe a few, a few weeks or a few months later, you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> I was supposed to be working on that. And I, I totally forgot it. And I would go through that and I'd read a book. Oh, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, forget. And then oh, I'm going to reread it and, and get excited. And, and ultimately I came up with this idea. Um, I call it my philosophy journal. It's this leather journal I have here. And I'm like, you know what? In this journal, I'm going to write down scriptures, quotes, poems, ideas that are the constitution for my life. This right here, this is the guiding document for me. So I'm not writing down like this is what happened today or this experience. This in my philosophy journal, the only things going here are are my best self belief systems, strategies, ideologies, like what, what's going in here that this is the kind of man I want to be. And this is the caliber of life I want to live. And then I reread it and reread it and reread it. And I just, you touch bases with it every morning, fellas. It is so hard, if not impossible to get lost in life. If you check the map every morning. Dude, that's so good, man. (laughs) But, but I, we I just we'll go that. we'll go weeks or months without ever looking at the map. Well, well yeah. it's like my wife says you you start Google you start Google Maps to drive somewhere and you throw your phone in the back seat and just kind of wander. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, man, check the map. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm implementing that today. Thank you, I appreciate that. I mean, I, and uh, you know, a part of where this all started, you know, we were speaking at Life and Air and. And life and air has kind of a similar idea philosophy. Like, you know, they say, Hey, write a vision for your life. Yeah. Right. And, and then read that vision and, you know, sit in it and, and actually visualize it and go to it every single day. And, and that eventually does come true. It's, 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 it's awesome. It's amazing. But I, I love this philosophy journal idea because um, there's so many, there's so many verses and quotes and just ideologies that you're right. Like you forget if you don't, if you don't uh, check in with it. I want to hit on something else um, before our time is up. You had mentioned you went to Cuba to do some work. And and um, another quote that I wrote down from your speech um, that I thought was amazing was you said that the quality of our lives is determined by the quality of our impact. And I know you are very intentional with your family, wherever you're going in the world, and you've gone a lot of places um, that that you are serving and that you are going and making an impact to do better, whatever that is. 
how do you, how do you implement that in your family? Um, and I mean, you showed us pictures of your kids, like super young, right. And going and doing, and, and doing service, uh, community stuff. I think it's, I think it's so rad, man. I, I wish, uh, everyone had that type of mindset. Yeah. And, and, and again, it, I kind of feel like I had an advantage because of my quote disadvantage in those hardest, hardest times when I just felt like giving up somebody would just a little act of kindness, a little act of generosity. And it was like, I'm getting emotional right now. It was so transformative for me in, in those moments that somebody like learn about my situation or a total strangers like what dude, you don't have any food. Hold on. I'll be right back. And they come back with a whole box of food. I'm like, what, why are you doing this for me? Why would you do that? Right. That, that changes you to the deepest level. And then since then I felt this moral obligation to make the most of myself so that I have more than enough to spare. I have more than enough time freedom and money freedom and skills. I need knowledge and skills. So I really have something valuable to pass on to others who are struggling most of the time for no fault of their own. So, you know, I, I we've been working with organizations or, or our favorite thing is just, just paying attention. Just notice, get out and live life and you'll notice, you'll, you'll see when there's opportunities like, oh man, uh, I really need to buy all the groceries for the lady in front of me. And you just reach out like, hey, would it be okay if I just get everything for you today? And if you're paying attention, and I think God and the universe are conspiring in our favor all the time. He will put us right. in the right spot and we got to pay attention. Yeah. So if you're in there, you're like, Ooh, this is it. And then boom, the tears come down. The story comes out and you're like, yep, there it is. That was the right thing to do. And then if you, if you make it a way of being, it's not, it's not a checklist. So initially you're like, oh, okay, we gotta, we gotta look for a project we're looking for something. But if you make it a way of being, then your kids just grow up saying, oh, that's just how we do life. They, they don't even know I any love different. that. Dude, they're just like, like oh, we, well, yeah, I noticed, I noticed that person needs help. I'll see my kids do it now. So, well, and again, it's all modeling, right? So we work out, like, we work out hard as a family. Like, we're staying in phenomenal condition. So my two teenage boys are just, they're just stacked, right? <laughs> which is just, it's a fun element by itself. And my daughters too. They're really tough. We do Krav Maga together uh, so they can defend themselves. They can fight and they can care. They're awesome. So we're on this backpacking trip and without me saying anything, without anybody saying anything, my boys noticed a couple of the, the participants were struggling. They're like, hey, let me take your pack. Cause I'd been doing that. I'd been doing, they'd seen me do it from Mount Everest to, to, you know, Iceland, all over the place. And so they're like, I look, I look, you know, I'm, I'm talking, helping people, whatever. I look up, both my boys have two packs on and they're just laughing and smiling, zipping up this volcano in Central America, double packed. And like, no, I'm good. Let's go. I'm like, that's how we roll boys. Right. That's how we do things. And if we'll look for opportunities and then specifically prepare ourselves to help. Like I, and, and this isn't, I'm not bragging, nor am I exaggerating. I've lost count of the opportunities I've had to like either rescue people or give medical treatment or aid. I've, I've literally carried people out of austere environments and mountains. Um, 
well, I told you guys at one point, this, this, this young woman died in my arms in, in South America, went up to help in a rescue situation. And, and, and it's not coincidental. It's like, I just let God know, look, I'm ready. I'm going to get the skills and I want to help. And he'll just put me in, in spots where you can help and you can be of service. And so I actually found this, this beautiful organization. It's like, I've been looking for these guys for like 14 years. Um, they, uh, it's called aerial recovery and they bring in, uh, this is awesome Christian organization based out of Tennessee and is, is started, um, by, uh, some entrepreneurs and former special forces guys. And so they bring in these special forces guys, take all their, the skills and experience they have and turn it to humanitarian efforts. It is awesome. And so like whenever there's natural disasters or man-made disasters, we're rolling in, like, let's get there. Let's be the first ones on the ground. Let's really help. And so this organization, they, they were one of the first ones into Florida. And then I went with one of their teams uh, and we were one of the first ones into Cuba and you get on the ground cool. and you get a, you guys, the stories, the experiences, the, the indescribable blessing and privilege to go help someone who's really in need. Yeah. Priceless. Dude, I, I want to, I have, we haven't started yet. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old and, and I, I really want to get my kids involved in, in, in that kind of stuff, right? Like taking them, you know, on mission trips and, and yeah. letting them see parts of the world um, that, you know, not a lot of people see and, and understanding how privileged we truly are. Right. Um, and having that mindset, that service mindset, that servant leader. And it's awesome, man. I, I applaud you. Uh, I think what you're doing is amazing and, uh, you're, you're motivated me big time. So I appreciate it. Oh, thanks. And your kids are right. That's such a fun age, man. Yeah. That's so awesome. <laughs> and at that age cannot be fun sometimes, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> they can be tough. Some, sometime I want to just, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to, you want to wrestle with them, them, squish them. Yeah. Um, but at that age, <laughs> brother, that's where they see you leading out. And so at that age, they're not going to participate much. In fact, we, we probably shouldn't expect them to participate much. So if they just want to watch great, it's at their age, but they're absorbing everything. They are yeah. sponges and they're watching you interact with other people and learning how to interact. They're watching you serve and give and they see how you operate. And, and that's all going into their hard wiring. So that in 10 years from now, they know how to handle these situations because they watched, they saw you lead the way. Dude, it's it's so, so true. It's crazy, man. I'm, I was going through some mail and, uh, my, my wife, we live right by Red Rocks amphitheater and, uh, um, my wife recently took my daughter to her first concert. It was a Lauren Daigle concert and, you know, she was loving it, but she came home and she's like, daddy. And for years we've been, I've been, uh, I say me because it's primarily my effort, but for years, uh, we've been sponsoring kids uh, through compassion and Haiti and writing letters. And I show them and, and uh, my daughter came home. And she's like, daddy, I hope you don't mind. We're, we're sponsoring a, a kid like me and Chloe, her friend. She's like, I, I, she, they gave this presentation and we just, I just, I wanted to sponsor this kid. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like you have to write letters. You have to, there's a responsibility. This kid now is, is uh, relying on you to, as a point of, you know, hope and, and connection and but it was really cool because it wasn't prompted by my wife or I wasn't even there um but you see man it, it's so empower it's so empowering but it's also super powerful because it, it's a challenge man like they are watching 
my kids are starting to ask about our mastermind and they're not involved in that at all. Like they're, I mean, it's just, they hear, they see uncle yeah. Stewie and, and me talking about it, but man, they're always paying attention yeah. and they're always holding you to account for that say do gap. Like dad, you said, but you know, and so I think that's, I think that's a great observation and it's super powerful and you've obviously experienced it times seven. So yeah. uh, you have some, some, uh, <laughs> some, uh, mileage yeah. on that. And it becomes this driving force, doesn't it? Like you, I, I remember early on where I would like the way I would get after my kids when they're real, Hey, don't do that. And then I saw them interacting with each other. I'm like, they learned that from me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm done right here. I draw the line. I'm like, I taught my kids how to get after each other. I'm like, I'm done with that. Like, no, I'm not doing that anymore. And so they're always watching. And so I guess the thing I like to think about and check in with myself all the time is like, am I truly not, not the show, not the pretense, not the mask. Am I truly modeling for my kids how to, how to be a, just a superb human being. And man, that drives me. And it motivates me and excites me and it, it's intimidating, right? It's, yeah, it's, it that's a, that's a, that's a high, that's a high standard, but what else do we want? We want to live an underwhelming life. No, no, thing, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> no, no I'm thanks. good, man. I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm good. Dude, this is, Dude. uh, this has been a lot of fun. I, I uh, we could probably talk for another hour. I know, uh, I know you probably have a, a calendar schedule and so do we. And, uh, but I really appreciate you coming on, man. This, this was a lot of fun. Uh, motivated me to, to know, to no end, uh, to just go be better, man, and be intentional about our life, uh, and, and go be the best husbands and dads that we could possibly be. It, it's good stuff. I really appreciate yeah. it. And, and, and a, a lot of honor and praise to you gentlemen for caring, for leading, for, for stepping up and, and doing what you're doing and, and giving back and, Way to kudos, kudos and praise to you. We need we need more good men in the world. And I feel like whenever we can collaborate like this, and wherever yeah. we can rise up, we're it, it just has this compounding effect across communities, then societies, then civilizations. Like we can all be a little better and do a little more, and the the long term generational effect of that is is immeasurable. I, I meet with clients all the time who are still struggling deeply from things they picked up from their parents who picked it up from their parents and, and who knows where it was before that. And we can change that. The, the ripple effect is, yeah, is, is off the charts. It's so awesome. For sure, man. Well, dude, how do, how do people find more about you? Where, where do they get connected with you and, and learn more about everything that you're doing? Yeah. Um, my wife and I uh, co-host a podcast called the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. Then I do one called uh, the Be the Man Podcast. And then we have extraordinaryfamilylife.com is our website. Um, and then, you know, we got, we just, we, part of our life mission now is taking all the cool things we've learned and experienced around the world and our learning journey and just sharing it. So we're just, we're just helping families and couples and people all over the place. And we, we lead trips around the world and and just create a cool experience. We're just here to to help. So if anyone, if you got listeners have questions, or like what about this problem, or how do I overcome this? I love love to answer questions and help out however I can. Just just kind of share the things that are working for us. 
Awesome, dude. Well, we'll put uh, all your links in the in our show notes and um, spread the word about uh, all the good stuff you're doing for sure. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Yeah, David, you got anything else? Yeah, man. Uh, Greg, just so appreciative. I, I listen to Rick Warren a lot. Love, love how he just takes the uh, complicated nature of scripture and 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 uh, puts it in bite bite-sized things that, that we can handle. But one of the things that he says, man, he, he, he says, uh, one of the scariest prayers that you can ever say to God is use me, use me. And he said, if, if you say that prayer in earnest and with true conviction, stand by and be careful because he will use you and, and you really highlight it. So that's, as you're telling your stories about people just being present and being available that that hit me uh, like a ton of bricks because man, God's using you, right? And, and but but it's your willingness, it's your willingness to be there and to be used and to make an impact. And it's not pride driven, it's not selfish. It's it's just use me, Lord. And and so I just want to encourage you in that. Like you inspire. Uh, I, I love what you're doing. I love the family vision. It challenges me, which is is. I think challenging somebody is more important than um, than inspiring sometimes because it drives action. It forces you to want to be better because you're uncomfortable, and that's where the challenge is. And and so I love it, man. I uh, I think you're making an impact on people that that you don't even know you're making, and changing lives that you don't even know you're changing. So keep crushing it, man. I love it. Thanks, thanks, fellas. This is awesome. Guys and gals, reach out to Greg. Hey, if you like this show share it, you know, do a screenshot, share it on your socials, tag Greg. Um, and, um, Hey, let's go fill the storehouse together. Amen. Hey, use me. Be Boom. used. Make it a great day. See you. Get it. Did. I don't know about you, but, uh, I have a lot of takeaways, uh, from this episode. I feel like this was just like a huge mentorship session, m- mentorship session, uh, for That's the right. two of us. Yeah. You know, I think what I really enjoyed about it is the emphasis on sometimes there's additional requirements, you know, go get a coach. There's other ways to, you know, pour jet fuel on your growth, but I I loved all the practical advice that he gives. I love all the action items that he gave and it really inspired me to, to make some changes and do some things and not just talk about it, but to do some things. So great episode, Greg, Amazing guy, absolute inspiration. Loved it for sure, man. One thing that uh, continues to stick with me, he said, is when the perf- when the time to perform has arrived, the time to prepare has gone. Just ma- motivates me to just continue to prepare, do things every single day, get one percent better every day. That's something that we've been really intentional inside the Storehouse Mastermind. Uh, we're opening up another group. The men inside that are intentional, getting better every single day. Um, and, uh, we love, you know, for our listeners to be a part of that, um, storehouse mastermind, go to storehouse310.com backslash mastermind. There's a big join now button hit that. So we can be intentional together and, and grow less talking, more doing let's get it. Boom. Boom. See you. See you. Thanks for listening to filling the storehouse. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and share it with someone you love. And if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. 
We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll apply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.